Welcome to Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast where we share our reservoir of specialized knowledge, stories, skills, and social change strategies. I'm Charlotte Sister C. Farrell, your host and podcast coordinator at the 411 Senior Center, Vancouver. I respectfully and gratefully acknowledge that our work takes place on the traditional unceded homeland of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Today... Thursday, August the 19th, we're going to learn the who, why, and what about influences and explore whether you could be one with our guest, Dr. Ramona. But first, we'll have the podcast folk that join us early give their names and tell us one thing you love to do. We'll start with you, Nancy. Oh, hi. Thanks, Charlotte. I'm Nancy Sinclair. One thing I love to do is hang out at the beach. All right. Maybe I'll meet you there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That'll be fun. Leslie? Sorry. Yeah. uh, Leslie Hebert from New Westminster. Um, One thing I used to like to do was travel, and I'm looking forward to doing it again soon. Okay. Uh, Chris? Mm, I'm Chris uh, Morrissey from East Van. And one thing I love to do is have friends over and play crib. Oh, I'd love to learn how to play crib. <laughs> uh, okay, Neil? Cribbage is a wonderful game. <laughs> uh, my name is Neil Ryan. I'm a writer, a poet, uh, and uh, one thing I love to do is give me a highway and a tank of gas and I'm in heaven. <laughs> You get into so much trouble walking. Walking along the highway to take a gas. Just, just imagining normal. you in the car. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so that brings me to uh, Dr. Ramona. And she, she's going to say her last name correctly for me so that all of us can say it properly. Dr. Ramona has been teaching in schools and colleges across Mumbai for 40 years. Her students included Bollywood film stars and the grandson of the then Prime Minister of India, Raji uh, Desai. She's written several textbooks in history and workbooks in French. Uh, She received a publication award for her published thesis, Diarchy in the Bombay Presidency. Her other passions include singing, and mostly Western music in choirs in India and Canada. She also sings spiritual songs in Sanskrit, known as kirtans, which she continues here on Zoom every Sunday with a group in Lagos, Nigeria. So I think she likes to travel. Maybe we can travel to Lagos with her too and listen to the singing. She joined the Active Adult Center in Mississauga, where she participated in various events like a fundraiser and a volunteer work in the Telephone Reassurance Program. Now she's in Vancouver, and she's joined the 411 Center, and she's, uh, at the same time, she she has a lot of energy, because like there are two people, Nancy and Gail, who teach uh, second language. She teaches French online to a student in Toronto. Uh, she writes every morning with Fire Fire Creative Writings morning coffee sessions, and she participates in meetups online, all things that I'm interested in learning how to do. So without further ado, we're going to learn the who's 
and howls of influencers. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. And uh, hello, everybody. Um, I'm Ramona Srinivasan, and I hope you got that. So there, this is a very meaningful name, Sri. Sri is the, is the goddess of wealth, Lakshmi, and Nivas is a residence. So Sri Nivasan means the abode of the goddess of wealth. It happens to be my husband's name. So the South Indians uh, do not have a surname. Like my name before marriage, my surname was Lobo. So I was Ramona Lobo. But um, after marriage, South Indian ladies uh, just put the initial of their husband in front of their name. So I would be S Ramona. But I'm used to having a surname, so I took his name as my surname. <laughs> I am Ramona Srinivasan. So that's about my name. But today, I would like to share with you a brief presentation on influencers and focus on four points, one being who are influencers, the second, how to become an influencer, the third is my favorite influencers, and finally, three tips on becoming a successful influencer. So how would you like to be rich and famous and in a fun way to, well then, become an influencer in fitness, fashion, lifestyle, or whatever your passion or niche or expertise is. When is the last time you bought something that you saw in a newspaper ad or on a billboard? Now, advertisers are spending their money on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. And on the top of all these platforms, we have this thing called influencers. Now you might be wondering, like what is an influencer? Simply put, an influencer is someone just like you or me, except that they choose to post stuff online. They can be on Instagram or YouTube, and it can be in the niche of their choice. So it can be a beauty tutorial or a comedy skit or these things called blogs. And if you don't know what a blog is, people literally write just about their lives, like drinking soup, and you find it entertaining. And somehow they've amassed a huge following and they have become influencers. Currently, this is a $10 billion industry because big brands are realizing that this is a highly effective way to market to millennials who spend almost nine hours a day glued to the internet. Here are a few things you have to do to be a successful influencer. Make your own YouTube video like a day in the life of, or what I eat for breakfast, or what I wear in a week. And always start with, um, hey guys, welcome back to my kitchen, which is actually spick and span. But you must say, it's really very messy. But let's get down to my post-workout shake. Now, show your blender and say, 
uh, okay, what you need is a really good ninja blender. Now, I'm not advertising it. It's rather expensive, but you really need it, guys. And so now you throw in a few berries, frozen mangoes, and a big scoop of my favorite protein blend. Flash it in front of the camera. And then if you're doing a fashion YouTube video, you can greet people with, I really missed you guys. And please imagine that this is my long hair. And so you see, uh, I really miss you guys, especially when I, I got these Ana Luisa earrings. They really express my personality and I can do anything with my Ana Luisa earrings. So we've always had influences through history, throughout history, like Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, Stephen Hawking, um, or even Oprah Winfrey. These were people who were great because of how they persevered with a dream in spite of their circumstances, only to go on and achieve such extraordinary things that they continue to be revered long after their deaths. They shaped the world for the better and they inspired positive changes among millions, if not billions. So what's the difference between these people and the influencers of today? These leaders were truly inspirational because of their natural flair to innovate, empower, and influence others to act in meaningful ways and ultimately change the world. Today's influencers are people who have become popular, like Kim Kardashian, and they have become influencers. All of us here today must surely have been influenced by someone, and I hope that you will share with us later who that special person is or was. My favorite influencers in food and fitness and fashion are Gaz Oakley of Avant-Garde Vegan, Simnet and Ame Song. I've re recently listened to a video on five things women should quit doing after 60 by Margaret Manning of 60 and Me, where she says that uh, the five things you have to quit doing, and I don't think that's only limited to women, but to everyone, is you know, five things that you should stop, and she follows up with five things that you should start. So stop being a people pleaser, stop living in the past, stop fearing change, stop putting yourself down, and stop overthinking. And the things that you should start doing is, first is start sparkling. Um, and spark, sparkle, not just a tiny bit of sparkle on your eyes, but not just on the outside, but on the inside as well. Shining, sparkling, and engaging life. Start relaxing. So get back to either meditation, reading, drawing, making jewelry. Start with more color. Stop wearing black and try something new. Start focusing on skincare because she said that's when you have the, you know, the wrinkles and things like that. So 
start focusing on skincare and start being not boring and uh, they in fact she she had this complete start campaign where she had various like just the word start and then there were things like start now start wondering thinking making accepting looking anything you want no one's judging or criticizing you and there was another section where she talked about start embracing who you are by phrasing everything in the positive for example please yourself first live in the present praise and compliment yourself embrace change leave the ruminating to the cows and be a little more spontaneous there was one more that i watched and that was with this lady joan mcdonald a 73 year old bent from 200 pounds to 65 pounds in the course of two years and she said that there's no reason why you can't get fit at any age and uh, and what she she did this in spite of having arthritis um, knee surgery and a tumor removed from her abdomen so how she did it was um, she joined her the daughter michelle mcdonnell who has a physique treatment uh, center and and uh, and then michelle also spoke and she gave some tips on how you could do that the the reason why joan went in for this was because she said it was a family function at christmas and she didn't want her photograph to be taken because she felt like you know ashamed of the way she looked so her daughter michelle encouraged her to uh, join and then and these are michelle's tips on how we can improve our you know physique the first is she said start off slowly uh, like with three days a week and with 30 to 40 minutes of any kind of exercise and she would prefer that you work with a trainer or with a group of people and try to eat a more balanced and balanced diet regularly and she recommends going at your own pace so there are different kinds of influencers like you could be a nano influencer which is you would have 5000 followers and under um and this is very simple like all you have to do is like a simple thing your nano influencers are people who are just like you you are well known in the community and you could be just you know a friend showing their favorite smoothie or talking about their favorite water bottle and then people get to you know maybe buy it because they know you and they trust you and then the big brands contact you because they find you becoming popular and and then uh, a little above that are micro influencers where you have 10000 followers macro influencers with 500000 followers and celebrity influencers who have uh, you know 500000 and more but i think um all of us here could be a nano influencer by um, you know focusing on 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 your and, and engaging with your followers like actually get offline and try to interact with them personally do a little testing testing technique like ask them how did you like the water bottle and see if people are purchasing it and can you influence them to make purchases and it's also recommended that you always stay authentic you're not just taking on 
brands just to do it because the reason people trust you is because you promote what you actually use so you you don't get greedy and just get more brands that would just hurt you in the long run and now i'm coming to uh, the last section where you have the three can i ask you what did you say the number is for a nano nano is 5000 oh, okay 5000 and before i come to that the, the three tips i would like to also hope that each of you here have thought of at least one thing that you would like to stop doing and start doing and which you could share one or more after the after it's over so the first one um that we're talking about the first tip please give me a moment is uh, niche over numbers so make sure that you that you really I can't hear the sound gone maybe that's better if you get closer i can't hear you is this better and i got my sound turned up okay i'll tell you what just give me a moment and i will um i will move to my phone because the sound is definitely better there that was good your demonstrations were very interesting <laughs> Morning in progress. I, I loved your wig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, um okay everyone, I'm going to leave the leave the meeting from the Okay. Okay, is this better, Neil? Much much better. Much. Oh, great. Better. Yeah, yeah. You're just like me, Neil. I find this uh, I find this I can hear better on this phone, maybe because it's connected to the AirPods. I don't know but uh, but then I just did that uh, laptop thingy because then you could see better you know like that little those little few props etc but now um yeah so what I'd like to talk about is uh, if you want to be a successful very successful influencer just three tips the first is niche over numbers that um that you should show real intense consistency in your niche for at least 2 years because then you will be able to grow as an expert in a particular area and and that's what the big brands are looking for the second tip is community over followers so it's like rather than focusing on getting 5000 and more followers you should try to create a private community within your followers like you could for example start a small facebook group or an instagram group where you offer say career tips or you teach how to write an effective resume remember you don't have to have a million followers to make a million dollars and the third tip is to use videos instead of photos no doubt they say that a photograph speaks a thousand words but when it comes to being an influencer if you make a small video and you give a good caption um, and share your stories then it's definitely more effective than you know just having a photograph with a smile on it there so if you like this talk and you want to be an influencer don't forget to like share and subscribe to my channel ramona rights 
And over to you now, Charlotte. Well, where do you find Ramona writes? You don't. That was just... <laughs> It was a joke. You should create a Ramona Wright. <laughs> that was just how they end their uh, YouTube videos. So I decided to end my talk with that. And I hope that all of you will share now who was your, I'm sure over the years you must have, you know, you must be having an influence, influencer, your favorite one. And you yourself must definitely have been, have influence hundreds and thousands of them. Like, if you like, I could just share the small story about myself. Like Charlotte mentioned, I've been teaching for 40 years and I began my teaching career after doing a bachelor's in history, French and political science and another bachelor's on um, education, teacher training, so to speak. So I had no practical experience in teaching, but I joined the school, which was... Um, what shall I say? It was run by a community of very affluent entrepreneurs. All the business people in the city had their children there. These names will mean nothing to you. Like they were Induja, Bajaj, Mittal. And they didn't mean anything to me either. Because I came from a very different group of, you know, westernized Roman Catholic group. And this was a community Business community in India is referred to as the Marwadis. They're the ones who have the money and they're very enterprising. And that, those were my students. So, so what happened was the school hours were nine to five and I taught there for 10 years. And in that time, not purposely, but I kind of influenced them in various ways, whatever was happening in my life. I had suddenly met this amazing person, Srinivasan, and we were kind of having that courtship stage. And Srinivasan belonged to this Indian community, language, Tamil. I knew nothing of it. If you take a bunch of stones and put it in a box and shake that box, the sound that you hear, that would be like how Tamil sounded to me. <laughs> so I decided I have to learn. And I think during my lessons, I used to win. I thought the students were doing something, some writing. I used to be uh, practicing writing Tamil. So that was one thing. And another thing was um, my passion, my thing I love a lot is singing. So I insisted. Remember, these students came from a different background there language was Hindi, they were not exposed to Western music, but I decided that they have to sing. And one of my favorite songs was When You're Smiling, because sometimes I used to feel sad and I wanted to make myself feel happy. So I would write the words on the board and force them to sing. In students in India are pretty obedient. Like, you know, you can get them to do what you want. So this was a boys, all boys school. And then they were like very young, maybe they were about 11 or 12. So that was it. So in those 10 years, I continued studying myself. I did my master's, I did my PhD, I got married, I was have, going to have a baby and then I left the school and I didn't have any contact with any of them because at that time, I didn't have a cell phone or, you know, there was no Facebook or whatever. I didn't maintain any contact. So about, um, what shall I say, almost about 30 years later, 
a couple of them tried to find me and contact me. They would find it very difficult because I was Miss Lobo to them. And now they had to find somebody. Miss Lobo, which I was almost in disguise like Ramona Srinivasan. I looked very different. And um, and 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 there was this uh, um, there was a show on TV. I was featured talking, being a history professor, about a program um, on on. Have you heard of uh, Sir William Bentinck? He was a governor general in uh, India, and he tried to uh, get rid of some kind of uh, horrid customs. One was called sati, and this was where um, young ladies who become widows are burned on the funeral pyre along with their husband. So this was done more for like you know keeping the property and the family. So the family members would stand with poles and push that girl into the fire. And very often, because of child marriage, the deaths would be a lot. Like the husband was much, much older and the young girl would be a widow. So uh, Sir William Benting managed to you know, get rid of this and I was supposed to speak on it. It was on TV. It was, um, uh, it was a Hindi program. Uh, if I translate the title for you, it was like, believe it or not. And it ran very late at night. I never saw it because I didn't have a TV television set myself. But these boys saw it and they kind of connected the dots that I am that same Miss Lobo. Because now I had long hair and a dot and I was wearing a sari and I looked very different. And they contacted me and said that we are having a kind of... Uh, shall I say, get together for the old teachers and would you come along? And then my first, my, my son refused to send me. He didn't believe me. He said, how, how, how would anyone after 35 years want to contact their old teacher? Who are they? And I said, no, they knew all these things about me. And he said, you can get all that information on the internet. And then, so I said, look, my son doesn't agree. So they said, okay, we'll send you the the, the list of students and I had a few favorite ones so they said they're going to come then they send a list of the other teachers who would be there and a list of the menu and they offered to you know send a driver to pick me up because that was the major objection I cannot reach this place where you are with the house of one of the students and then he agreed he said okay but I will come by later and see what's going on so <laughs> So protective of his wonderful mother. So anyway, I go there. And when I enter, the first thing they were like, Miss Globo, what happened to your short blue skirt? Because now it was covered from head to foot in this Indian outfit. Then and now Miss Globo is married and she cannot wear those kind of things. And then they all came out with things like they said, you remember you used to teach us that song? And when you're smiling... And then you remember that you used to study Tamil. And like I was so amazed that after 35 years, they could remember all that. And, and I also used to do this thing. I used to write a small quotation on the right-hand side of the blackboard. It would be like, you know, some inspirational thing. And I began the lesson by asking one of them to read it and, and offer his thoughts on that. So they remembered that so I would like to think that I inspired a few of them <laughs> in their lives and 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 the fact that like they could remember because now they were like in their 40s and 
and of course the the house was very amazing it was like a set out of a movie like you had the elevator opening into the living room and this huge fountain there in the in the you know entrance lobby kind of and it was wonderful so so now i i hope some of you could share how you were an influencer or who was your influencer I just uh, want to interject. This is so perfect timing. Uh, last week, I registered two new web pages. And I'd like some feedback from everybody that's here today. I have just registered skymountainradio.com and skymountainradio.ca. And I want to know, what do you want, if you were to call up that address, what would you expect to find? And I have no idea what's next. No, no, no fixed plan what's next. So I want to be an influencer on Sky Mountain, well, uh, SkyMountainRadio.com. I used to have a water company in Oregon called Sky Mountain Wells. And I like the name Sky Mountain. It, it, it just makes me think of people hiking in the mountains, looking up into the sky, trying to reach a goal. It might One might be people who are um, goal setters and have mm-hmm. something they're, they're working toward. Nancy, have you any comment? You look like you're thinking. <laughs> I'm always thinking. Yeah, you're always thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm digesting that wonderful presentation from Ramona. That was just marvelous. SkyMountainRadio.com. Sky Mountain Radio. Endless possibilities. Because you're yeah, that's right. on top of the mountain reaching for the sky. Well, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't mean to jump on Ramona's presentation, I, I, but I thought how appropriate was the timing. It was an example of what she asked, uh, you know, what, but how do you see yourself as an influencer? The other question is who, do you, is there any particular person that influenced you? It was an influencer for you? <laughs> I've been so many places and met so many. I, I, I could list 12, 15 people that have had an influence and, and uh, I guess a man named Sam Tugan, who's probably long dead, uh, who was my boss at one point in time, who said, it's the outcome that matters. And if nobody gets hurt, then the outcome has got to be good. <laughs> he, uh, he built a 300-foot-tall chimney, and at the, uh, the last 50 feet, <laughs> it, it went wrong. <laughs> and he said, nobody got hurt. <laughs> so it's good. Okay, I I withdraw my question unless anybody's got a uh, a comment to make. 
I think I, the endless possibilities of what she was saying, what Ramon was saying about uh, a community, that that might be part of your community, people who... Um, That's an idea that I noticed. I noticed that. And I just see the sky going up the hill. When you take the bus up to uh, Simon Fraser University, uh, I didn't realize it was on a mountain. And then they would always say, you know, we would start the show on Burnaby Mountain. But it's so wide. The road is so wide. It wasn't until there was snow and they had to stop the traffic that I realized, oh, there is a mountain. There's an edge (laughs) over there somewhere. (laughs) But that would be a good picture. I think, you know, that there are a few places here where you've had some mountain experiences that might help also draw the community of people who physically like climbing mountains, but also people who've got this endless possibilities Nancy mentioned. Interesting. I have at least a dozen photographs of mountaintops, snow-covered mountaintops. Uh, What about you, Chris? I'm not quite sure what the question is anymore. <laughs> oh, she asked, who, who, have, who do you think you've influenced and anyone that particularly influenced you? Well, one of the things that was interesting for me was, uh, Ramona, your story about your students. Because um, many years ago, I was a teacher in Brunei and uh, in Southeast Asia. And many years later, I got an email from somebody who was looking to find me who had been a teacher. And my students at that time were all girls. And um, they were, they were having a reunion, I think of their, the 30th anniversary of their leaving school. And they were looking for a teacher to go to their reunion and so they ended up finding me. And what I discovered was there were 13, 13 of the girls that I had taught who were now living in the lower mainland mm-hmm. of Vancouver. And two of them were in Calgary. So one of the things that um, I, I knew, I knew at the time I was, I was a English teaching English, of course, you know, living overseas and teaching English. And one of the things that I realized was how significant and important that was to them in their lives, because it opened up all kinds of other doors and all kinds of other possibilities for them, because um, they were mostly, mostly, mostly Chinese girls, a couple of Eurasian girls couple of Malay, but majority of them were were Chinese um, people, women, girls living in Southeast Asia. And their opportunities for higher education um, were very slim because because they were living in a Muslim country. There were not that many schools for higher education for, for anybody who was not like there was the University of Singapore, there was the University in Malaysia, but but they were not living in those places. And so there were very few opportunities for them to go on to higher education. And so what what I think that I'm, and I was the only Canadian on staff 
I was the only Canadian that they, I think that they ever met and that they ever knew. So it was interesting to me that so many of these young women who were now in their 60s <laughs> ended up, I met again, living in, in, in here in the living and had been working here in the lower mainland for, for much of their lives. So on some level, while I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really starting out to be an influencer at all, but I think just the fact that, you know, I was, because of who I, because of who I was and what I was doing, I was able to uh, at least provide them with some basis that then enabled them to find uh, their own journey in life. Uh, and that brought, many of them to many of them here to the lower mainland of Vancouver. So it was interesting for me to hear your similar experience with students, right? And how, what yes, happened. Right. Very similar. Yes. Yes. And I too was very different in the many intervening years. They wouldn't have recognized me either, uh, except by, except by name. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who, who was an influencer in my life? There was a woman in my life who, um, her name was Clara, and she uh, was had was living and working in Santiago, Chile during the years. And she would periodically come back. She was Irish, and, she, and I was living in the U.S. at the time. She would periodically come back up to... Um, come back up to the to the US on a kind of leaves and come back for sort of vacation or family time and she would talk about her experiences and uh, of what it was what it was like to live and work with people who were exp who experienced the oppression of poverty and the, the the oppression of living under a military dictatorship. And as a result of her number of times that she came to visit, um, she, she, along with other people, inspired me to actually take a similar step uh, to actually go and live and work in, in Santiago, Chile during the 80s. So there you go. Wow. Very good. Very interesting connection and similarity. Uh, what about you, Leslie? Yeah, thinking about people that have influenced me, that was a toughie because um, through my life, um, I've learned from family, from friends, from teachers who have inspired me. But if I think back to perhaps who the original influencer was, I would have to say my father, who had a very um, a wonderful attitude to the challenges that he faced in his life. Um, I remember he taught me how to play chess, and I kept losing to him. And he would say to me, uh, don't worry about it. Every time you lose, watch your partner and watch what they do and figure out what you did wrong and learn by your mistakes. And that's how you'll get better. And that is something that has stayed with me my whole life long. Um, 
Another thing uh, that I remember about my father was um, he was in the Second World War, and at one point he was uh, guarding prisoners of war, German prisoners of war in the prisoners of war camp. And uh, he told me one time, oh, he used to pass cigarettes in through the fence to the prisoners because he used to get a cigarette ration, but he never smoked. So he'd give them to the prisoners. And I said, but dad, you're giving things to the enemy. And he said, well, they're just people. And that is something else that has stayed with me my whole life, right? I mean, look at the similarities of people, not the differences. Um, yeah, so two huge lessons there that I learned from my father. Um, as being an influencer, and I think as a teacher, sometimes I think we don't realize what our influence is. You know, we just do our job, we teach our students, and it's like, you know, waves in the water. When you throw a, a, a rock into the water and the ripples carry out, you don't know where that influence might lead. Um, and in, interestingly, I just had a Facebook messenger conversation with a student that I had, oh, I would say at least 15, maybe 20 years ago. Um, he was a Saudi student and he came to Vancouver to the international school where I was teaching. Um, he had very little spoken English and couldn't write the, uh, you know, the Roman alphabet at all. So I was teaching a beginner class and I had quite a few Saudis in the class, but the rest of them could, you know, they could write the English alphabet and they had, you know, a fair bit of conversational English. He was starting from zero. And this fellow, um, he wasn't young. He wasn't as young as the others either. I think he was maybe about 25, which was sort of older than the others who were more sort of in their late teens. And I used to have very interesting Facebook messenger conversations with his father in Saudi Arabia, who assumed I was a man. Mm. And he would always say, sir, how is my son doing? Which <laughs> <laughs> is quite funny. But um, I spent a lot of time with Mohammed and I gave him a fair bit of private tutoring. And I found him uh, websites that he could use to practice his writing. Um, and he started from zero, and by the time he left, he was actually speaking quite good English, and he was also reading and writing. Um, I just had this, uh, he messaged me on Facebook the other day, and he's now back in Saudi Arabia, he's married, he has three children, and he said he still remembers Vancouver, and he still remembers me, and one day he wants to come back to Vancouver with his family for a visit. And I've also, I said to him, he's sort of my adopted son as well, you know, sort of my third son. And he said, I would love to be your son. So, um, and I was just doing my job. And yet he still remembers me after all this time, which I was quite touched actually when that happened. Yeah. Exactly. That's how we feel. We were amazed at how they remember this. <laughs> I had an experience a couple of times when I've been places and I heard somebody uh, behind me saying, Miss Farrell, Miss Farrell. <laughs> I turned around and I didn't recognize the person at all. I've, I've had a lot of different experiences in my life, working in Toronto and in nutrition and health. And then in the, the States teaching, I taught 18 years for University of Phoenix. And uh, one of the courses I had was on... Uh, people 
had to do an internship and they had to do an internship with an organization where they use some of the principles of uh, being authentic and being um, listening to the people's issues. Anyhow, he's, uh, he's read up and she said, I'm working on my doctorate now. And I'm still trying to figure out who is this person? Yes, I was in your course when, it, when I was getting my certificate and you kept talking about you know, what you saw in me. And she said, I am working on my doctorate. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's a wonderful thing. And then I was at another place. I was at a, a, a movie theater and I came out into the lobby and this guy came up close to me and, and I, I kind of recognized him. And he said, you don't remember, do you? He said, stalk your future, stalk your future. And uh, one of the things that I did in a, in a men's uh I did a men's behavior, um, it was an alter, anger, anger resolution, alternatives to anger, behavior modification class. And so I was playing Tony Robbins. And one of the things that Tony Robbins said frequently was stalk your future. So he said, I'm stalking my future and I have a part. I'm doing something in a series. And so he walked, you know, with such pride. And I thought, wow, you know, because I hadn't really thought I hadn't thought of myself as an influencer about influencing, but I, I can say with the common joy that you mentioned of having someone that several years, 40 years, 30 years ago, you said something and it touched their lives in such a way that they remembered you and you didn't have to say, and here is my blender. All right, this is my yogurt. <laughs> they remembered you because of the qualities of your character and things that really moved their life. So um, that was a question that we were asking, how can we become influencers? This thing of making a video, almost every workshop, I went through a series of workshops on the weekend, which were business workshops on how to make your mark in this new economy or what to do. And they said, make a video. And then uh, for two days, WordPress had workshops on being improving your blogging, building an audience. And they said, make a little video. And so now here today, Dr. Ramona is saying, make a little video. <laughs> so maybe aside from doing the audio book, uh, we can do make a little video because among the resources, uh, people do send me a lot of resources. And one of them is from Adobe and it is how to use a platform they have to make a three minute movie. And so I'm just trying to figure how with, you know, using the screen or blackboard, how can I put the bullet points up that do the share screen so that people can follow along on this program so that they can make a movie. But the program, is, I'm not getting paid anything from Adobe, <laughs> but that program is called adobespark.com. And they have a free um, version that you could use and you could start to do things like making a little movie from um, a poem or making a movie from one of Neil's five to eight minute short stories or making a, uh, a movie or film about Nancy and her, how she keeps five dogs from fighting each other and kneels when there's a bear near and the, the, uh, the bears just sense her presence and don't go after her dogs. So I think that um, 
you really inspired us and gave us some clues on how we can be influencers. And maybe we, when you first said nano, I was thinking 500, but we start from our five, then we can go to 50 and then to 500, then we'll have our 5,000. And we (laughs) will have people seeking us out. We'll be able to fund the 411 center because big companies will be looking for us. (laughs) Uh, Nancy, did you have another comment? I thought, did you share who influenced you? Oh, I just, it's such a marvelous question. I'm, I'm going to sit and spend time on it later this afternoon as well. And I, I, so many people have influenced me in so many positive ways. But it's such a, it's such a profound question. One of the things, I had a couple of different examples that came to mind of how I've influenced people that I never really thought too much about. But now that I'm digesting it a bit, I recall when my son was in high school, we had planned to go out this one day. Um, He was in a band at the time, and I'm into photography, so we were going to go out to this particular area to take some pictures that we had in mind to create for for his band and everything. But there was a really, really bad windstorm. So lots of trees are coming down. There was lightning and all that kind of stuff. So we, we nixed that. And, and, and at the same time, we lost the power in our house. And, and I remember having a conversation with him saying, you know, we have this beautiful home. We don't have any power. We're cold. And yet we have all this comfort in the house. We had all this food and everything. So we got into this conversation about, you know, well, what's going on in the, around the neighborhood, people that, that don't have the protection from the weather and everything. So anyways, we, we went downtown. We went to the store and got some milk and various things. And then we just went and started looking for people that um, maybe needed some assistance with food in that. And so we started handing it out and, and then we, we handed it out and then from there and then we decided to go at another time and we set up like this little mini station of and I think at that point we had like you know milk and and sandwiches and cookies or whatever anyways it grew from there because then we started having a conversation with his friends and he was just like this is high school grade 11 grade 12 something like that and so then we decided to set up on a regular basis, I think it was on the Saturdays, in the area and the community we were living in that we knew were, was struggling a bit. And, um, and my daughters, who both have a disability, they're both in a wheelchair, they both have a, a diagnosis of cerebral palsy, but they have different levels of ability. And anyway, so we had this vehicle, wheelchair accessible, it was an old bus. And, and so my one daughter is a little bit, little bit more delayed in terms of her cognitive skills and a little bit more protective of her. And she's in a, a manual chair where her sister is in an electric chair. And so we had this bus and the window would open up on the one side so that my daughter that was in the manual chair could sit inside the bus. And my other daughter, we would, I would take her and, and we'd get her outside. And 
So then we had the system where we would have these bag lunches. So we would prepare them all at home. And then we'd go to this particular spot, get all set up. And his friends started asking to come and be part of this food service. We used to call it food service. And it was just the coolest thing ever because they would so they would look forward to doing it. Mm. My daughter that was in the electric chair, she would sit outside and she'd hand out food and she'd get in the longest conversations with the people that would come up to chat with her. And she was influencing them because so many people were making us, they'd be surprised to listen to her and have the depth of conversation with her and to see her for her abilities instead of seeing her for, for, for what, you know, might be considered a disability. And then her sister, who was inside the van, because uh, they're mirror image identical twins, so one is left-handed and one is right-handed. And so my daughter that was in the van is left-handed, but the way we had it set up with the window is that it helped her with her, um, with her skills because one of my son's friends, who she adored, would hang out inside the bus with her and we just had a system where people would, you know, and we'd make hot chocolate and we make soup and all this kind of stuff as well. So one of them would pass the bag to her. She would take it across her lap from her left hand to her right hand and hand it out the window and hand it to the people that were coming to the, to the bus to, to receive a bag of food. It was just, um, it's going to make a cry. I just hadn't thought about it for so many years. But so it never occurred to me like that, that was an opportunity that we all had to influence and, and everybody looked forward to it. And I just remember that his friends, I mean, they're teenagers, right? I mean, they got lots of things to be spending their time and attention on and, but it was important to them. And it just started off initially with my son, myself, uh, my former husband, which is his stepdad. And then, uh, the girls got involved and then, um, and then I'd offer it up and let them know, like his buddies that were, you know, spent time with this. And then the word spread. And then they started coming to me and asking, hey, when do we get to do this again? And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was nice to have brought that memory back. So. And, my, uh, and, this, and the things that that gal suggested you don't do over the age of 60, <laughs> which I'm not quite 60 yet, but it's very close. Uh, the skin care. Thank you for that little reminder. And stop wearing black. I thought about that earlier in the year because I thought, you know, I'm getting really lazy in that regard. I love bright colors, but it sure has been easy for me over the years. Just uh, I have this poor mindset sometimes, I think, where I think, oh, I live here in Nanaimo. Where is there to go? What's there to do? Who's there to see? Who am I going to dress for? We're in a pandemic. We're shut down at home. You know, <laughs> I keep thinking that. Lipstick sales must have really decreased over the, the first year of COVID. <laughs> so, anyways, I had so many more takeaways, Ramona. That was a marvelous presentation. So, thank you for all of that. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Me too. Thank you. Yes, you've thank influenced you. us you. highly and given us <laughs> tips from your personal life, tips from influencers. So, I just know we're going to be much more influential as we move out from <laughs> awesome October, I mean, <laughs> awesome August <laughs> to savvy September. 
Okay, well, thank you so much for spending this time together. We are powered by age. The power of your examples and the discussion we had today is wonderful. And we look forward to continuing on and welcoming others to do the same. So I will see you again next week. Thank you. All. Thank, thank you so Ramona. much, Ramona, for your presentation. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy you liked it. Yes, That's thank great. you for your research and the cheerful, creative way that you presented it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was very well done. Very well done. Thank you, Ramona. Thank, thank you, Charlie. Take thank care, you everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye